Welcome to Jesus Inside Prison Ministry presents Jesus House with Dr. William Bumpus. We are providing a strong foundation in Christ and preparing men for a successful future. And now, here's Pastor Bumpus. Hello, this is Pastor William Bumpus, and uh, I'm pastor of Faith Center Church International, located here in Indianapolis, Indiana and also uh, president and founder of Jesus House. Jesus House is a Christian reentry program for, for guys uh, just coming out of prison. Those have confessed Christ as their Lord and Savior, and that's what this program is all about. This program is all about uh, sharing the gospel with you uh, and having testimonies on here for men uh, who have given their life to Christ, who is out now serving God, you know what I'm saying, some still living at the Jesus House, and that's what this program is all about. Uh, it's all about prison ministry, and I'm going to be sharing with you a lot about that during these programs. Now, we'll be here every week, and so we want to uh, encourage you to tune into the program. So as before we go into the program, let me open up with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you and praise you for each and every person that's present, that's watching this telecast. We pray, Lord, that you would lead us and guide us to say something, Lord God, that will encourage those that are viewing the program, something that will be a help to them. We give you praise, glory, and honor for what will be revealed in this program. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me also encourage you, now I'll probably be doing the same thing at the end of the program, but let me encourage you that uh, maybe this is your first time viewing our telecast, feel free to contact us, especially those of you that are in, incarcerated. I'd like to hear from you. I'd like to know that uh, this gospel, this program is reaching you right there inside uh, your cell there in prison. Anybody else, feel free to contact us at the close of the program. You'll always you'll see our website uh, where you can contact us. Uh, and so right now we get ready to go into the Word of God. So I want to encourage you, go get your Bible, because today we're going to be touching on some scriptures. And I want you to be informed that you know I'm not coming out of my mind, but coming out of the mind of God. So stay tuned. We're going to be right back with you in Jesus' name. This week's offer is my personal testimony, You Can Be Set Free. There's about 200,000 of them in print. That book tells you about how I lived a life of crime, arrested 23 times, and didn't believe in Jesus. Then one day in jail, I heard the gospel and God changed my life. This book tells you all about that. Write in today for your personal copy, any size donation to JIPM, P.O. Box 88489, Indianapolis, Indiana 46208. Hello again, this is Pastor Buffers. Welcome back. Uh, and uh, I hope you got your Bible there. We're getting ready to uh, share a word, word with you. Uh, as you know, this is a Jesus Inside Prison Ministry program, and you can tell in the title that uh, we are talking about uh, prisoners. Uh, and the Bible is full of prisoners. In fact, uh, I wrote an article once where the word says, well, I said that God loves prisoners, and he does. He loves everybody, and he also loves prisoners. I want to read a verse out of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning at verse number 9. Uh, New King James Version says, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And this is the verse that I really want to get to, verse 11. Paul says right here, talking to the Corinthians, he said, and such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. 
Let me say that again. He says, and such were some of you. First Corinthians, or the book of Corinthians, is a letter that Paul wrote to the church that was in Corinth. And uh, the church was just getting established, and they had a whole lot of questions. And so they had wrote Paul, uh, sent, sent word to Paul about certain things that was coming going on in the church of Corinth. Now, we all know that the book of, uh, of Corinthians is a deep book because that's where we learn about the gifts of the Spirit. We learn about the gifts of the Spirit and how they operate. We learn all that in, in the book of Corinthians. We learn from the first chapter of Corinthians where the Word of God says in 1 Corinthians, it said they came behind in no gift. In other words, this was a growing church back then. They came behind in no gift. In other words, the gifts of the Spirit was operating. The grace of God was operating. Souls were being saved. And I want you to notice that from this text right here, we see that the people that was in that church, some of them had been thieves. Some of them had been all kinds of criminals. But notice what he says here, as such were some of you. In other words, they had been washed by the blood of Jesus. What is that saying? That's saying that it don't make no difference who you are, where you come from, what you've done in life. Jesus came to save sinners. And if you have never asked Christ to come to your heart, then that's what you is. It don't make no, I tell folk all the time that you being a sinner is not your fault. Uh, let, let me say that again. A person being a sinner is not their fault. And the reason why is because we were born sinners. Everybody born into this world today is born into this world as a sinner. We're born into this world as a sinner because of what Adam and Eve did. So me being born a sinner is not my fault. Now me staying, remaining a sinner, once I learn how to get out of it, now it's my fault. That's why Jesus, the word said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's the purpose of prison ministry or any other ministry is to present the gospel to people so that they can have a way out of anything that they find themselves in. Now, I make a special uh, uh, note of that verse because it said, as such were some of you. Well, as such was I. I was, that's me. When I read 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9, I see myself in there. Uh, I have not always been saved. Uh, if you if you get my book, you'll find out I haven't always been been saved. In fact, you know, what I'm saying I've been saved now 41 years. I've been walking with the Lord for 41 years. But uh, there was a whole lot of years when I didn't walk with the Lord, and the reason why I didn't, cause I didn't know I didn't know anything about Him. You know, Romans chapter 10 says, "How can they believe in Him in whom they never heard?" I never heard about Jesus. Only thing I heard about Jesus was something derogatory. I never heard anything good about Him. And since I didn't hear, hear anything good about him, I followed everything that came my way because I was a sinner. And that sin got me involved in crime. And I began to get involved in crime at the early age, at the age of 13 years old, uh, raised up in a, in a you know, dysfunctional family, as a whole lot of us have. Uh, 13 years old, you understand, I began to steal cars. And then I graduated from stealing cars. I first went to prison at 17 years old. They didn't send me to a juvenile. They sent me to an adult prison. I went there at 17 years old, didn't know anything. And so the only thing I knew was crime. And so when I got in there, that's the only thing I learned was more how to do more crime. I came out of that prison worse than I went in. I came, went into that prison just knowing a few things. When I came out, I knew how to do all kinds of crime because that's all they do a lot of times in prison. If they're not involved in program, they just sit around and talk about all the, all the deeds that they did and all that kind of stuff. And so I got captivated by that, and that began 13 years uh, of just crime. 
I got the, my first time ever using drugs was on my second trip to prison. My second trip to trip uh, to prison, uh, I got I got involved with all everything that's going on inside prison back in, back in those days. Uh, just a regular criminal. And uh, one day, you understand, some guys in the joint, uh, they took me in the back of a dorm and they poured out a syringe. I didn't know nothing about that. I knew how to drink uh, alcohol and smoke weed and take pills, but I didn't know nothing about shooting drugs. And they shot me with some drugs in my arm in the back of a dorm, and that began 13 years of heroin addiction. So I shot heroin, cocaine, and morphine in both my arms for 13 years, in and out of prison. And so as a result of that, I wind up going to prison uh, and jail. I wind up being arrested 23 times, and I wind up going to prison four times. Every time I went, three times I went, I didn't learn anything. I didn't want to learn no education. I didn't, do, uh, I didn't want to learn anything because I had made my mind up that I was going to be a criminal. I hadn't heard anything about Jesus. I hadn't heard anything good about it. I heard all the bad things. God puts you in prison and all those kind of things, and God uh, maps out your life. So I felt like everything that was happening to me, if there was a God, he planned it all, and all of it was bad. So I didn't, hear, I didn't hear nothing good about Jesus or God. And so I just continued in that lifestyle. And on my third time in prison, I went to the federal prison, and I decided that maybe I'm going to do what somebody else says. By that time, uh, I had turned, I was 24 years old. I was 24 years old, and I was the youngest guy at Terre Haute Federal Penitentiary at that time. I was there for a two-year sentence for, for some forgery. Well, I decided to help myself out because I didn't know nothing else, so I began to listen to what everybody said. Get your education so you can get you a good job. Well, I did that. I got my GED while I was there. I took a few college courses, and, and I thought that was going to make a difference. But see, none of that makes a difference because you have a void on the inside, and you're born a sinner, and if you're born a sinner, you're going to keep on sinning. It don't matter what, what, how much education you get, you're just an educated sinner. It don't matter how much money you got, you're just a sinner with some money. And so that's what I was. I was a sinner with a GED and a college education, uh, uh, college uh, uh, course, courses. And so when I got out, I did the same thing I had been doing all the other times. I got right back into a life of using drugs, into a life of crime, and continued. And so I had made up my mind that there wasn't no God, so ain't no sense of me looking for him. I made up my mind, this is the way I'm supposed to be. I didn't know nobody that was saved. Nobody in my family was ever was saved at that time. No grandma, no nobody. So I didn't know nobody went to church or anything like that. So I just hung out with my regular crowd, as many of you watching the tel this television did the same thing. And you thought you was, you was an original. No, you're not original. That's the plan that the devil has for all of us. And so I was on that path like that until one day, I found myself uh, in jail, uh, and they had me for 33 burglaries and larcenies. And they had caught me backing out of a man's house after burglarizing his house. Now, the man, don't get nervous now, the guy who I burglarized was a crook himself. He was receiving stolen property. And uh, I went by one day to, to, to uh, uh, sell him some stolen property, and uh, he wasn't there, so I took the property he had in his house. Well, Somebody across the street seen us go in, they called the police, and so there I was in jail. This was my 23rd time in American County Jail here in Indianapolis, Indiana. Now, I know it's over. I've been, this is my third time. This is, I know I'm going to prison this time, and I'm going for a long time. All of a sudden, on a Sunday morning, and this is what prison ministry is. All of a sudden, on a Sunday morning, I'd been in that jail 23 times. And I was in a, in a place which was called lockup where nobody comes in there. The only people coming come in there is your lawyer, 
you understand, or a bondsman when they call you out. And I'm laying up in there on a Sunday morning, and I wake up, and here's this preacher outside the bars, and he's talking about Jesus. Now, I didn't want to hear nothing about Jesus. But, and so I thought maybe he'll go away because ain't nobody paying no attention because wasn't nobody paying no attention. But then he said something that got my attention. He said, come on down here, let me pray for you, and everything will be all right. Well, I wanted everything to be all right. I didn't believe in the prayer, but I said to myself, it ain't going to hurt nothing. So I went down, and that man said, uh, will you young men kneel? And I said, no, I'm not getting on my knees. Go and do what you got to do. And I heard that man say something about Jesus. I wasn't paying attention to that. And then he said this. He said, Lord Jesus, help them with their case. Now, that got my attention. For those who don't know, your case is your charge. Now, I'm in there for all these burglaries and, 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 and thefts, and he's talking about Jesus help me with my cases. Well, yeah, I wanted that help. So for the first time, I agreed with the word of God. I didn't know that the Bible said, if two of you will agree on anything they ask, it will be done. So I agreed. I prayed that prayer. I, and my prayer was, I didn't pray the sinner's prayer. I prayed, Jesus, if you're real, when I go to court in the morning, don't let them find out my real name. And of course, see, I thought I could con God. You can't con God. But I went to court and true enough, they found out who I really was. They sent me over to the jail. But what happened is, by this gentleman praying for me, which I, I, I don't know who he was, that's how prison ministry is. I never met the guy before. I ain't seen him since. But that man was hooked up with God because, like I tell guys in the prison, when somebody prays for you who knows how to pray, it makes a difference in your life. It made a difference in my life because I found myself, when I went over to the jail, getting ready to go upstairs into the lockup, I found myself praying again in my mind. I said, Jesus, if you are real, put me in a good cell block. Now, the reason why I said that is because every time I went to jail, they would always put me in a bad cell block. What I mean by that, they would put me in a cell block where the inmates wanted to take over the jail and the police would come in there and whoop everybody. Well, I, I know I'm going to prison. I just want to go without getting my head busted. That's how it used to be back then. And so I look up and they put me in the worst cell block in the jail far as reputation is concerned. And so when I go in here, I know that I'm just going to have to hit somebody because this is supposed to be a dangerous place. And when I went in there, I wasn't in my cell long. And here comes this guy up to my cell, inmate, and asked me, could he ask me a personal question? Now, the first thing he said when he said that, I got real offensive because you do not ask no man no personal question in prison. And then he asked a question. And the question he asked me was, do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Well, come to find out, God had answered my prayer. I asked him to put me in a good cell block. He put me so-called worst cell block in the jail, but there just happened to be four inmates in that jail cell where they had given their life to Christ. Christians were ministering to them, sending them Christian literature and everything, and they had made up their mind that they was going to witness to everybody who came in that cell block. And when I came in that cell block, they witnessed to me and asked me, did I know Jesus? Well, because of that, now I got to go down and see what's going on in the cell block. And I went down, and these four guys had a Bible study going on. And they was reading the Bible, and they was praying. And I got in that Bible study with them brothers. And after, after listening to them, I asked them one day, how did I get to be like y'all? I still didn't believe in the Bible. I didn't believe in Jesus. In fact, I had been in another religion that didn't believe that God had a son. And so I didn't believe in none of that, but I'm looking at these guys here, and they are more so-called more dangerous than I was. They were facing more time than I have, and here they were reading the Bible, believing that God was going to give them a miracle, 
And so I asked them one day why they all, why they, we, was always, we would always kneel and pray before they closed the sails on us and before we went to bed. And I asked them, man, how did I get to be like y'all? And they told me, all you got to do is ask Jesus Christ to come to your heart. Well, my question to them was, well, how do you know Jesus is real? How do you know that the Bible is the only word of God? Well, being a good Christian, they quoted Romans 10 and 9 to me. That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Now, that sounds wonderful to a Christian, but I wasn't no Christian. It didn't make no sense. And the religion that I was in did not believe that God had a son, so I couldn't pray that prayer. So I asked him this. I said, okay, man, break that down for me. And a lot of times we need to break the gospel down. We stop making it complicated. Make it simple. And they broke it down like this. They said, man, here's what that verse means. That means if you ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart, you're serious about it, and he don't come, that means he's not alive and the Bible's a lie. But if you ask Jesus Christ to come in your heart, you're serious about it, and he does come, that means Jesus is alive and the Bible is the only word of God. Right then on that jail cell, I made up my mind, I'm going to find out for myself is Jesus who he say he is, and I prayed that prayer. And when I prayed that prayer, Jesus came into my heart, and I became born again. And I still was facing time. My, I had a good lawyer. My lawyer told me uh, that uh, uh, they was going to give me 10 years for the theft, 20 years for the burglary, 30 years for being a habitual criminal, and they was going to run it wild. Now, for those that don't know, running wilds mean I would have to do the 10 years and then turn around and do the 20 years and then turn around and do the 30 years, which meant, you understand, that I would have to do 30 straight years in prison in order to get out. And so I told them, told my attorney, you understand, when I went to court to continue the case. And I went upstairs and I told the brother, we started praying. We started praying, Lord, help us, Lord. You know, praying for the judge, praying for the prosecutor. I went to court uh, two more times. Each time I went, they said the same thing. Finally, on the third time I went to court, my lawyer said, man, maybe there is a God. He wasn't no believer, but he became a believer after this. He said, man, maybe there, maybe, 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 maybe there is a God. He said, because they said they will drop that 60 and give you five years. I screamed at him, told him, hurry up and go get that paperwork before they change their mind. Well, they wind up giving me four years. Somebody else that was involved with the crime with me, they gave them a year. I got to Indiana prison, uh, Indiana State Prison, Michigan City, with a four-year sentence. You don't have to do number two years. I was the happiest inmate in penitentiary. But then I'm born again, and so I, I begin to think. I know how to do all kind of crime. I don't know how to do this Christian thing. So I said, I'm going to spend all my time here reading the Bible. And so God was good. I got into Christian Bible uh, correspondence courses. I began to take those. I began to read the Bible. I began to read the Word of God. And then six months later, God supernaturally worked a miracle in my life. And they called me back to court. And they gave me shock probation. In other words, they took me out of the prison, gave me that four-year probation on the street, and I wasn't supposed to get, it was supposed to be for first-time offenders. Here I was, this was my fourth felony conviction. And they called me back and gave me four years probation on the street. And I came out, started going to church, met my wife in church. That has been 41 years since then. I haven't used no drugs in 41 years. I ain't had no alcohol in 41 years. Me and my wife, now we have five grown-out-of-the-house uh, kids, and I have an international prison ministry where I travel all over the world sharing the gospel with other people that are incarcerated in prison and those that are not. Now, that shows you the power of the gospel. The Bible says in Romans chapter 1 and 16, I am not ashamed of the power of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. 
That word salvation also means healing and deliverance. God is your deliverer. So I'm here to let you know today that if you're in prison, maybe you ain't in prison. Maybe you got a prison, some other kind of prison. Maybe you got a, 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 you know, something wrong, wrong in your household. Maybe you're, you're out, of, out of a job. You, know what I'm you don't know how to, how to make ends meet. You know what I'm talking about? That's a prison. That's an economic prison. You can be in any kind of prison, any kind of bad situation. Jesus Christ is your only way out. Believe me, I've tried everything there is going in and out of prison. I tried every, every religion. You know, I drunk everything you can drink. I smoked everything you can smoke. I took every kind of pill you can take, every kind of LSD you can take. And I didn't get no freedom until I ask Jesus Christ to come into my heart. And so that's what this program is all about. That's what I'm all about. And we'll be sharing more and more with you as the weeks go by. We'll have other testimonies on here, you know what I'm saying, of other guys that have made the same commitment that I made. And to show that God's not a respecter person, all of them got miracles. Every week, I, I, you need to tune into this program. Maybe you still ain't convinced yet. Well, I want to tell you, if you stay tuned to this program every week, you're going to hear other testimonies of other guys, you know what I'm saying, from all walks of life. And you're going to hear, hear of all of them that were just like, like me, in prison, in drugs and all that. But somehow we heard the gospel, and we heard the gospel through a prison ministry. Everybody that's involved in prison ministry don't go in. Some people that's involved in prison ministry, they write prisoners. Some, you understand, people that are involved in prison ministry, they send in Christian literature. Some prison ministry just send in Bibles. But all of us collectively is what you call prison ministry. Everybody don't go in. Everybody can't go in. Everybody don't like going in. But everybody that's involved in prison ministry, all of us has a part in that. Everybody, now that gentleman who led me to the Lord, I don't know where he is, but I know for every soul that I lead to the Lord, he is responsible for that. As of today, I was just looking at my uh, uh Paperwork, you understand, getting my stuff together, you understand, for my taxes this year. And this year, this year, well, last year, I did 178 prison meetings. I ministered the gospel to 17,000 prisoners, and there were thousands of them that gave their life to Christ. I'm just one man. And there's others in my ministry doing the same thing. All of that because in that jail cell, somebody came to that jail cell. Some man, nobody paid him. And he stood outside them bars. He shared the gospel with the inmates in there laughing at him. Some of them hollered at him, telling him, get away from here. But he stood there, shared the gospel. And I don't know if he reached nobody else in there, but that man, through the power of God, reached me and changed my life forever. That's what the gospel is all about. That's what prison ministry is all about. It's going inside, sharing the word of God, letting people know you was born into this world as a sinner. That's what it's all about. And if you ain't got Jesus Christ in your life, you can take the NA programs, you can do the alcohol program, you can do the anger management program, you can do all the educational programs, but all you are is an educated center or a drug, ex-drug addict center. And if you're a sinner, you're going to continue to sin. The only way out of life of sin and crime is sin. That's what the Bible calls it. Crime is sin. Before uh, the United States of America said that they would give you so much time for murder. The Bible said uh, in, the, in the, the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not kill. The Ten Commandments said thou shalt not steal. The Ten Commandments said thou shalt not lie. So, yeah, crime is crime. We classify it as crime. God sees it as, sees it as sin, violation of God's law. And if you ain't born again, you always, you automatically violate God's law. So if you want to stop a life of crime, 
You got a loved one. You want them to stop a life of crime. You need to get the gospel to them. That's what prison ministry is for. That's what I'm here for. I'm here, you understand, to let you know we go inside prison. We send literature inside prison. We're here to help you reach your loved one in prison. I'm here to help those that are watching this program now in prison that haven't made a, a, a declaration of, for Christ in their life. That's what I'm here for. So we want to encourage you that if Jesus Christ is not the Lord of your life, before this program is over, I pray that you make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. How do you do that? You just simply ask him to come into your heart. Romans 10 and 9, believe that Jesus died, was buried, rose again on the third day. I tell people all the time, it didn't say you had to understand it. It didn't say you had to understand it. It just said believe it. Why should you believe it? Because it's in the Bible. And if you believe it, just what the word says. Now, here's the key. You can't figure it out. Ain't no way in the world you can figure out God, amen, because he created you and you didn't create him. But if you trust me, this program, any other preacher, I, I got to one guy on death row, and uh, we, I was in uh, Mississippi State Penitentiary Parchment, and it was a guy on death row, and I was ministering to the guy. on. on uh, we were going cell to cell, and I ran across a hardcore guy on death row. He didn't want to have nothing to do with Jesus, none of that kind of stuff. Now, they tell you don't stick your, bar, your arms through the bars, but, uh, you know, I'm standing there, so they hollered. They said, all right, y'all, we, we got to leave. And so I, I had him in this conversation. So all of a sudden, I reached my hands through the bar and grabbed his arm, and that, that scared him, and I held him. And I told him, I said, hey, man, let me pray for you and your family. Nobody refer, ref, uh, refuses that prayer. So I started praying for him. Lord, bless his family. Bless his family. And as I'm praying like that, he got involved in that prayer. And I heard him say, yes, Lord. And when he said that, I said, man, do this. I said, pray after me. He just said, Lord Jesus. He said, Lord Jesus, come to my heart. And he prayed the sinner's prayer. Then he snatched his hand back. A joy had hit his face. And he said, oh, man, you, you, you tricked me. A couple, couple of months later, I came back to that prison. That guy called me up, up there on death row. He had prayed that prayer. He was living for God. God had worked a miracle in his life, and he was getting ready to get off death row and spend more time inside prison. And he was telling everybody in that jail cell on death row how God worked a miracle in his life. Jesus is a miracle worker. So I want to encourage you, stay tuned to the program. We got some things we want to uh, uh, show you, and then I'm going to be back. I pray that when you come back, you can be made your mind up. And me and you are going to pray that prayer together from your heart. And when you do that, I guarantee you'll know right where you're at that Jesus is real. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. This week's offer is my personal testimony, You Can Be Set Free. There's about 200,000 of them in print. That book tells you about how I lived a life of crime, arrested 23 times, and didn't believe in Jesus. Then one day in jail, I heard the gospel and God changed my life. This book tells you all about that. Write in today for your personal copy, any size donation to JIPM, P.O. Box 88489, Indianapolis, Indiana 46208. All right, I'm back. Uh, thank you for tuning to today's program. As I said, uh, you can ask Jesus Christ to come to your heart, and uh, I want you to pray that prayer. Ask Jesus Christ to come to your heart, and then I want you to write me. Let me know you prayed that prayer. There's a collection of books that I'll usually send people when they pray the prayer. Send your Bible if you need one, other Christian literature to help you grow in the things of God. And we'll be there with you wherever you're at, as long as you contact us. Don't have to write no letter, long letter or nothing. Just let me know that you need something to read, and we'll give it to you. Now, you can contact us. All the information is on the screen, but I have a phone number. My phone number is 317-738-6226. That's 
738-6226. This is Jesus Inside Prison Ministry Faith Center Church saying praise Jesus. We'll see you next week. God bless you. Thank you for watching Jesus Inside Prison Ministry presents Jesus House with Dr. William Bumpus. To learn more about the Jesus House, to receive books by Pastor Bumpus, subscribe to our podcast, and to support Jesus Inside Prison Ministry, log on to www.jipm.org.